Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. A memorial service for Diane Feinstein is scheduled for today at San Francisco City Hall, where she's been lying in state. Before serving as a U.S. Senator, Feinstein was the mayor of San Francisco. President Joe Biden will deliver remarks by video at today's memorial service. Vice President Kamala Harris is expected to attend, as well as Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York. It will be my honor to speak at Senator Feinstein's memorial, to give thanks for all she did for this country, and to honor the legacy she leaves behind. I hope all my colleagues who've worked with her all these years are able to attend so we can say a final goodbye to one of the greatest public servants to serve in this chamber. Meanwhile, hundreds of people lined up at City Hall yesterday to pay their respects to Feinstein and to share their memories of a person who was so synonymous with San Francisco and its political history. I was here when she led us through so many dark times, and she was such a brilliant mayor. And for her to be our senator all these years, it's a privilege to get to be here. I just remember her long Senate career, especially her contributions to San Francisco when she was mayor in terms of gay rights, in terms of transit. A lot of it really impacts all of us, um, even in the present day. I would like my daughters to know that she was a trailblazer and that when you have tenacity, big dreams, and willingness, you can accomplish all. That was Susan Pratt, Andrew Shia, and Erica Moreno, who we spoke to as they paid their respects to the late Senator Dianne Feinstein. The woman who was sworn in this week to replace Feinstein in the Senate is LaFonza Butler. She'll represent 40 million Californians in that legislative body and confront a host of challenges facing the state and country. Butler is a longtime labor leader, political strategist, and most recently the president of EMILY's List, which fights to elect women to office who support abortion rights. But as KQED's Dana Cronin reports, Butler's record is light on one major issue, climate change. LaFonza Butler's appointment came as a surprise to Democratic strategist Steve Maviglio. It was totally out of the box. She was not on anybody's shortlist. He says that's in part because Butler has never held elected office and has virtually no experience with climate policy. You know, the governor did not appoint somebody who has a long track record on those issues. And I think that raises some questions in the community. California, with Newsom at its helm, is one of the most progressive states when it comes to climate legislation, having felt the compounding impacts of extreme wildfires, floods, drought, and rising sea levels. Here's Newsom speaking a couple weeks ago at NYC Climate Week. The future happens in California first. First cap-and-trade program in the nation. The first state to address the issue of tailpipe emissions. A few years ago, I required every car sold in the state of California will be an alternative 
alternative fuel car by 2035. It's the first time we had done that. Butler is now tasked with representing California's interest on these issues on the national stage and will cast votes on water policy, wildfire mitigation, drought plans, and more. But her political background is rooted in labor issues, having served as president of California's SEIU for more than a decade. During her tenure, the labor union was peripherally involved in clean energy and fossil fuel divestment bills, though SEIU declined to say whether Butler was involved directly. Current SEIU Executive Vice President Carmen Roberts says environmental justice has always been a priority for the union, including under Butler. Yeah, that was important to LaFonza because that was one of our priorities and one of our justice agenda items was, you know, environmental justice, racial justice. Democratic strategist Steve Maviglio says while Butler might not bring much direct climate experience to the job, she could bring a fresh perspective. She's fought all her life for poorer people, uh, people living in urban areas. And I think more and more we see how climate is affecting those very same constituencies. So I think you'll see her rise up, particularly on environmental justice issues more than anything else, and be an outspoken force for those in the Senate. Most of the state's top environmental groups released statements supporting Butler and say they're looking forward to working with her. But none agreed to an interview, saying they don't have much to contribute about her record or how she might vote. For the California Report, I'm Dana Cronin. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Sand dunes and native plants on beaches can help protect the California coast from the impacts of sea level rise if and when they're allowed to thrive. KCBX reporter Beth Thornton has more on a recent UC Santa Barbara research study. UCSB researcher Karina Johnston says that for decades, locals and tourists have enjoyed the flat, manicured beaches that have become the iconic look for Southern California. A process called grooming or mechanical raking of the beach using heavy equipment became a common practice in the 70s and 80s. But she says mechanical raking flattens the beach and disrupts how waves and wind move the sand. So it's not the best approach for climate resilience. One of the major concerns for coastal communities is the potential for sea level rise in subsequent years and for coastal flooding to become more prevalent. In 2016, the city of Santa Monica agreed to stop raking three acres of beach for Johnston's study. Her team distributed native plant species and used drones to document the transformation of the beach. Within six years, Johnston says the area had dunes of up to three feet, as well as much more vegetation. 
the amount of sand accumulation over time and the rate at which it was happening is faster than the rate of sea level rise. About half of the beaches in Southern California are still groomed today. She says restoration of the sandy ecosystem is a low-cost, nature-based solution for coastal communities. For The California Report, I'm Beth Thornton. Support for The California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines the pursuit of good health, on the web at chcf.org lbca. Paint Care, now with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmidtocean.org. And that is this edition of the California Report for Thursday, October 5th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. As always, thanks for listening and have a great day. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!